What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. This week, we are talking about a movie that I was supposed to have watched many moons ago, mm -hmm. but I just watched today. As opposed to um, Roshane, who has been much better at staying hip to the to the new film <laughs> than i have who saw this the opening week and got to see it in theaters yeah yeah i did i did it was a fun time yeah i imagine seeing this in theaters would have been would have been cool but also too i think would have helped because I mentioned this to you earlier, me trying to watch this at home, which was also partly my fault because I watched it during the day. Uh -huh. Ooh, it was dork. It was dark. Mm -hmm. I said, I see, but I don't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get that there are things happening on screen right now, but what it is, I hope it's not imperative to the plot because I can't see all the movements at times. It's fine. I think I, I got it. I think I'm good. I think I got I think I saw what I needed to see. Okay, fair enough. Though in the movie's defense, it is an A24 movie, Erica. Yes. So you should have known that there'd be some darkness afoot. True, true. I should have known. Um, I've learned my lesson. And like I said, it wasn't so bad where I couldn't tell exactly what was going on, but mm -hmm. a lot of this movie does take place at night. And true. There were some times when all I saw was the wisp of gray hair. And I said, now I know who that is. <laughs> and apparently they're walking, but I don't know what else is happening. <laughs> but it was important to cover this movie, if not cover it, but like for me to watch it mm -hmm. soon. Because unbeknownst to, well, everybody, but what really had me shook and dismayed was a poster for the prequel dropped not too long ago mm -hmm. and i let you know that i was worried that because i had seen that prequel poster and i had been dodging i mean i did a really good job i think of of not getting spoiled at all for this movie like i didn't look gotcha. into any x content because i didn't want to be spoiled because i didn't know if this was like a movie that was going to have a twist or not uh-huh and so i was worried and i didn't want to see anything but then i saw that poster and i was like that's mia god <laughs> and she is not i i didn't but pearl <laughs> uh -huh. pearl's an old lady and mia god is mia so I was convinced that <laughs> that had like ruined the ending for me or something. Mm -hmm. But you said it hadn't. No, no, no. You were you were totally fine. Um, even watching the trailer, I was like, I think you're good. I think even seeing this, you'd be all right. But I was like, you do need to watch this movie now. Um, yeah. Because time has officially started to tick. But yeah. <laughs> uh, 
something that I didn't piece together, honestly, until we had this revelation about the prequel and our conversation about it is I didn't know that Mia Goth played Pearl. That uh, was a complete mystery to me. Uh, Saw this in theaters, like Erica said, had no idea, didn't register it. Obviously didn't read the credit screen either, but you know what? I can't can't sit through every single credits, all right? I do my best, but sometimes I miss a thing or two. Right. Well, and it's honestly... I also didn't know that until I started watching the movie and I was looking up the cast because I normally look up if I don't catch everybody's names right away when I'm taking notes, I'll just look up their names on IMDb so that I have all the characters. Mm -hmm. And I did see I I saw that it said Maxine Pearl. Mm -hmm. But then even still, I was like, oh, well, duh. Yeah, she she's Pearl when she's younger. It's Pearl looks exactly like her. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, so, yes, she plays like a young Pearl. And then I realized, yeah, it's it was old makeup on Mia Goth and that she was playing both characters. I mean, it definitely did look like we'll get into it a little bit more. But I was like, this 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 feels like makeup. Like mm-hmm. when I was looking at the at Pearl, I was like, it feels like old lady makeup. But I didn't want to <laughs> say nothing at first because I was like, that would be disrespectful of me if this was a, a if this actress <laughs> was just trying to do her thing and i'm like oh there's a lady in a mask like i didn't want to say that but yeah it's it's mia goth playing both roles yes also spoiler alert i guess doesn't spoil the movie don't worry we'll we'll do that in a second but yes we will so if you did not know mia goth does play a dual role yeah. in this movie yeah and that's yeah not a spoiler it's just a cool thing because it's it's always cool when there's an actor who's playing multiple parts mm-hmm. in in a movie especially when you don't realize that it's them because it's just an added thing where you're like wow that's cool to know that this actor got to do multiple roles that were so different from the other in the same movie mm-hmm. it was just more of like a, 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 a some props to mia goth to be able to say yeah it was me <laughs> it was me, it was me the whole time <laughs> if it hadn't been for you <laughs> for you pesky kids <laughs> and your dog i would have gotten away with it but before we get into the breakdown of the movie, let's go ahead and do our scare scale mm-hmm. and talk about how scary this movie is on a scale from one to five. Roshane, what are you thinking? All right. I'm going to say that this movie, I'm going to say this is a solid five out of five, personally. Okay. Um there are some jump scares in this. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot of gore, a lot of gore. So if you do not handle gore well, um, you may want to steer clear of this one. And also, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of humping. Yeah. There's a lot of boobies. There's yes. a lot of adult themes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that isn't directly scare, but I do think in terms of like, gatekeeping Visual. who's gonna be yeah. watching this uh i do want to put that out there as like a clear warning that this is not a kid's movie by any means it is called x mm-hmm. for a reason right um, but going back to the scares there are some scary moments a lot of gore and i do think that people who are not uh used to watching 
this kind of movie or other A24 movies may be in for something that they uh, weren't ready for. So I'm going to go out there and say it's a five. Okay. For me, I think on a scare level, I'm thinking this falls at like a a 3.5 for me. Okay. Only because I, yeah, there are some jump scares in this, but you can kind of tell when they're coming, I think. Like you can kind of feel there are some that for a person who doesn't watch these movies often they might be taken by surprise but some of them are telegraphed in a way that i think they kind of prepare you for it coming up Mm -hmm. um but i think for me this movie has just more of like a general uneasiness to it Mm -hmm. that will make you feel creeped out and scared like it's more of the feeling of dread and knowing that things are going wrong that is scary to me more than any like jump scares or or scary villains or anything like that. So if you don't like that feeling of dread, then this might not be the movie for you. And yes, I agree. Yeah, gore, gore galore, sexy times, (laughs) and lots of darkness. Most of it takes place at night. So that can also add to the the scare factor. But yeah, for me, uh, I I was feeling a 3.5 for this one. Solid, solid. With that out of the way, shall we uh, hop into the breakdown for the movie? Yes, please. All right, homies. We are now officially entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today we are talking about X, directed and written by Ty West, and is starring Brittany Snow as Bobby Lynn, Jenna Ortega as Lorraine, Scott Muscutty, a.k.a. Kid Cuddy, as Jackson. Martin Henderson, as Wayne. Owen Campbell, as RJ. And Mia Goth, as Maxine and Pearl. The year is 1979, and a group of young filmmakers have made their way to rural Texas to film the world's first great adult film. Eager, horny, and determined to make a name for themselves, the group begin production on their porn flick. But when the elderly owners of the land find out what the group is up to, the tone of the movie takes a dark and bloody turn. Insert hot sexy farm girls. Blood-soaked dance numbers. And one very handsy grandma here. Our film concludes with the cast fighting for their lives in a shotgun showdown with the murderous landowners. But will they have what it takes to survive the night? Also, this is one goddamn fucked up horror picture. Roll credits. I have something very important that I've been waiting to say and waiting to bring up until the recording. Okay. First of all, there is a character Mm -hmm. in this movie named RJ. There is. And I thought, oh, that's fun. RJ, cool. Like, (laughs) that's that's cool because that's what you used to go by. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's like a fun little thing. Don't always get characters named RJ. And then, and then he... 
pulls because he's the director of the movie. Uh-huh. And so when they slate, it has his full name on it. And his name is RJ Nichols. Oh my God. Did you see what? that? No, I his missed name that. is RJ Nichols. That's nuts. And it's spelled exactly like my Nichols. That is nuts. I didn't even I didn't even notice. I did not even notice. I had to rewind just to be sure because I was like, because when they, because that was right after I found out his name was RJ and I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's fun. I'll bring that up. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it's slated. And I said, no, I know that didn't just say, <laughs> no, I know that didn't say RJ Nichols. For anybody who doesn't know, my last name is Nichols because mm-hmm. I think it's different on Instagram. But yeah. It what? Was, it was faded. It was meant to be. You should have watched this movie ages ago. I know, I know. I'm like, um, that, is it, Ty West a fan? That, that was a pr- that's a pretty wild coincidence. That is yeah. nuts. Because I was even going to ask you too, because um, that was something in my notes. Because yes, uh, I used to go by RJ, and hearing, I feel like anytime I hear my name or like any version of my name in a movie, it's kind of like weird because I get tripped yeah. up. It's it, it feels it feels odd to like hear your name being said on the screen. And I was going to ask you, like, if you have that same feeling anytime a movie has a character named Erica, like if you named feel weird Erica. hearing the character's name. I mean, not now. I feel like Erica's just so more is, is much more common than maybe you would hear RJ. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm I think I'm just used to hearing people have it, especially because most of the time. Um, I'm more surprised if it, if for some reason they show the spelling and it's an Erica with a K. Uh-huh. I'm like, wow. But other <laughs> than that, I, I've gotten used to it. I, when I was younger, I definitely really, cl- really clocked it and got either excited or weirded out with it because it, I feel like there was a period of time where Erica was used in songs, but the worst one, the worst one... <laughs> Is when that song Runaway Love came out. Oh. And there was that whole verse where it was like, little Erica's only like 13 years old. <laughs> she gets pregnant, has to run away from home, ends up homeless on the streets, and is played by Kiki Palmer in the music video. Mary J. Blige was singing in her face. And I was like, not this being my legacy like (laughs) don't do that to me but other than that i think i've just heard it Mm -hmm. enough now there's enough characters that i've heard named erica where i'm like oh yeah okay that's fair and yeah it's kind of weird because like i feel like in practice you'd think that rj is a name that you would hear often but i feel like in movies it's a little it's a little rare like Mm -hmm. i don't often hear that and i do remember when I did see this in theaters and the character was introduced and his name was RJ, it it tripped me out because like at this point mm-hmm. in my life, when I hear that name, like my ears just kind of like perk up. <laughs> yeah. But your um, ears start ringing. Yeah. But if it makes you feel any better about the Runaway Love video, um, what happens to RJ in this movie is equally as bad, yeah, I'd say. He, yeah. I mean, yeah. His fate. <laughs> The, the fates are pretty. <laughs> fates Not are pretty grim great. all around. Yeah, pretty grim. We don't know what happened to Erica from Runaway Love. She might have turned it all around. Mm-hmm. RJ's never going to get that chance. You know, <laughs> he's never going to win that award that I think he was really striving for. 
But yeah, I don't know. That made me very excited. I probably got far too hyped about that than I should have been. Like in the maybe, grand scheme of things. Or maybe you got hyped just enough. Who's to just say? The right amount. Who's out here measuring that metric? Right. Just don't like that would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> uh, but all right, hopping into the movie itself. Talk to me, Erica. What is in your notebook? Okay, well, my first note is kind of <laughs> kind of weird. Okay. Because I, I wrote from Texas Chainsaw to Creepy Cocaine. Only because they we open up and I mean this movie obviously is 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 very reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw. It makes a lot of like ref it's it's meant to be kind of in that same vein mm -hmm. of a movie it's set in texas i think very purposefully it's a very similar house and and story and obviously this movie is meant to take place in the 70s and so it's shot like the original texas chainsaw a lot of the shots that they use in this mm -hmm. are reminiscent of shots that they use in that so the comparisons were were purposeful gotcha. it is meant to um you know, invoke that same sense. And it did for me right away because we open with um, an event or we open basically with, I wasn't sure at the time if this was like the end, if we were starting with the end, mm -hmm. but basically we start with the later event. Yeah. The police are already there kind of surveying the scene. And then it cuts from the police seeing something that we can't see and reacting to that. And so as a result, they're playing this ominous music. Mm -hmm. And then the ominous music continues as we see someone like preparing a line of Coke. And for some reason, that made me, <laughs> this made me laugh because <laughs> it just seemed like a very like scary cocaine moment. Yeah. And then eventually it switches into just regular, regular stuff. music. Um, yeah. I the first note I had actually is I do love me a good aftermath beginning. Um, mm -hmm. this now being my, to clarify, if you didn't pick it up in the beginning, it's my second time watching it and Erica's first. So I knew what this was, um, going into it, but, um, still, I remember the first time I saw it, I really liked this introduction. Um, I think that the main like horror theme of this movie is an absolute banger. Like it's so off putting the sounds of it, you know, like the main one that oh, they play basically yeah, like Pearl's the... theme essentially. Oh, is that what it's called? I, yeah, I, 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 wrote I don't know that what the actual name for it is, but in my gotcha. head, it's like Pearl's theme. Yeah, I wrote that too. I love the score of this film. Yeah, it's it's really good, really eerie, really invokes that just like something's off sensation. Yeah, and it plays into the sexuality of the film mm -hmm. as well because it's so breathy. It's yeah. a, like over the music, it's like a woman like exhaling and almost moaning mm -hmm. not quite but so there's this feeling of okay this could be potentially played in the right situation this could almost feel sexy but because of what's happening it feels like primal and strange yeah like there's someone really... standing behind you breathing hot breath <laughs> on your neck <laughs> uh i really i really like how uh ty west manages to 
intermingle that the like sex with the with the scary because there's a lot of that Mm -hmm. of going back and forth between like really raunchy like hot and steamy moments to like immediately disturbing images or Mm -hmm. like brutality or um just like dark brooding energy and i love going back and forth because it's consistent like all the time and you it's consistent but it's always a surprise like you never know exactly when it's coming um right. no pun intended there but you <laughs> <laughs> look we're talking about eggs all right there's gonna be a bunch of those <laughs> but um i i love the duality there and i love how it goes back and forth and how the tone of the movie feels like it can change at any given moment yes yes i agree with that it's a lot of they use a lot of like interspersed cuts mm-hmm. in this where it's flashing back and forth between yeah like these juxtaposed scenes of a sermon a church sermon and then these people preparing to film a porn or these young people kind of having a good time and and relishing in in this fun night and then this older woman who is kind of like really upset and 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 seemingly going through a really hard time like getting a getting ready for bed all by herself it's like these these moments that do fit together tonally in the sense of like the themes and what they're trying to say they fit together Mm -hmm. but the imagery of them is different and so it really kind of throws you off for a minute but then also is really good at easing you into the next sequence yeah and it's funny because like seeing this in theaters too um it was a fun experience but part of the fun too was a lot of these moments happen like at the height of like sexual energy Mm -hmm. so it's funny to watch like an entire crowd of people just get like a wave of horny washed over them to then immediately (laughs) get slapped in the face of a picture of just like pearl like with like the bones in pearl's back like protruding as she's like ripping hair out of her head Mm -hmm. and like like watching people's like moods go from like oh yeah to like oh no was a (laughs) lot of fun (laughs) right but it's i was gonna say too i imagine there are a couple of scenes in this movie that i'm like i'm sure the experience in the movie theater and the reaction to that would have been very very interesting very fun to experience with a large group of people um but yeah it's it's one of like i love the way that this movie is shot i do think obviously like i said they're leaning into a more 70s cinematography style it still feels like a modern day movie in Mm -hmm. a in a way because obviously like the quality is always going to be better they're not going for they only go for that grainy film style when it's the shots of the porno but then when we're actually in the movie it's going to be the quality of 20 what in this movie come out 2021 2022 2022 yep 2022 yeah 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 um but still so they stylize it to fit the 70s they do Mm -hmm. shots uh or like the i wrote them all down so the swipe transitions Mm -hmm. 
which I really loved. I loved the swipe transitions. I thought those were really fun. And then they do a lot of those quick paced zoom outs, which I feel like was really a a very 70s quality because I think more modern, it's it's a quick zoom in. But then like a quick zoom out, you don't really see that much where we like start in on a person and then go to a wider shot really, Mm -hmm. really fast. Um, They do those a couple. There's a ton of just really wide shots of the landscape and then our actual focus uh, or who the characters are very very small in the focus even when they're talking it's more Mm -hmm. of just like an establishing shot and then and then of course yeah the interspersed cuts like a lot of that just makes you feel like you're in the decade even though you can tell you're not yeah it's it's very true and i also like that because of the dynamic of things because we have a movie about making a movie and like the exploration of making cinema, I I found it very fascinating that the times in this movie where you felt safe, oddly enough, were during the porno sequences when it shot mm-hmm. like a like a 70s movie, because that's when you know it's like fun and games. That's that's when you know that everybody is like hanging out and everything's cool. It's every time you jump back to like present day shooting style where you start to feel uneasy right because that's typically where you'll get some of these like darker shots in tone mm-hmm. um but a lot of this shit is shot so beautifully like a couple of my favorite ones i love love the crocodile shot in the water mm-hmm. um i think that the way that that whole sequence is done is really good um i like the the establishing cow shot before they get in there of like the like the symbolizing that these characters are going to the slaughter, like a lot of symbolism through visuals in this movie that Mm -hmm. I really did appreciate. Yeah. This movie also does the thing I always love where it's the, the hint early on that comes back around the foreshadow, if you will. But Mm -hmm. I think that it does it really well in this one. And one of my favorite ones is the gun because when they Mm -hmm. first get there, and Howard comes out and has his shotgun uh, on Wayne. And then he says, oh, no, you know, uh, it's empty. It's more for show than anything else. And then Wayne remarks and he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I do the same thing. And mm-hmm. so you're like, oh, shit, the gun, then Wayne's gun is empty. Then he just it's for show. Yeah. And, and that comes back later is, yeah, we have Maxine who knew that the gun was in there, but didn't know that it wasn't loaded yeah. and tries to use it later on. And like he said, it's it was it's sometimes you just have to point it at people because and that's the thing is like she was if she had just pointed it at Pearl and continued to point it and not tried to fire, then it wouldn't, nobody would have ever known that there weren't any bullets in the gun. Right. But I just thought like, that was one of my favorite ones just because I, I thought of that the whole movie. I was like, if they try and use that gun, mm-hmm. it's not gonna matter. Yeah, that's very true. And I feel like a couple of the characters' uh, fates are a little bit foreshadowed. Um, like even like RJ when he's in his like shower sequence, I feel like it's very akin to like psycho and the way that mm-hmm. he goes out is a little similar. Um, mm-hmm. The whole gun stuff and the animosity between Jackson and Howard. Um, we get that early on and that comes back to bite mm-hmm. us in the ass. Unfortunately later. Yeah. I, 
really sad when Jackson goes. Let me tell you that <laughs> yeah. that one hurt both times. Both times seeing that one, I was like, Still God hurts. damn it. <laughs> well, yeah, one even too because Jackson mentions to Howard, he's like, yeah, I've had enough of farmers waving guns at me for mm -hmm. one lifetime or something. Yeah. And then he got shot by Howard <laughs> later. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Also, Howard played by Stephen Yuri. I don't think we said that at the beginning, but also another uh, phenomenal performance there because that old guy was creepy as hell. And although both Pearl and Howard were very creepy, I enjoyed how nuanced of characters both of them were because they mm -hmm. had a lot. They had a lot going on under the surface, way more than I think you realize when the movie starts. But, you know, as you start rounding the bend towards the end of the movie, like you learned a lot about these characters and their history and like their motivations for like why they are the way that they are. Yeah, I think particularly, too, because for Howard, for a majority of the movie, I honestly wasn't sure if he was complicit in these acts and mm -hmm. he was wanting them to happen as well, or if he was trying to stop Pearl from doing them. And I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's just one of those things where Pearl is definitely the instigator. She is the one that has this urge to do these things. Mm -hmm. But because he loves her so much, he is also willing to partake because yeah. he knows that he he realizes that that's not something he can stop her from doing. And mm -hmm. so it's just kind of the way that things are, because I do definitely think that for her, it's a natural urge. It's just something that's going to happen if she knows that people are there. And then for him, it's like. I would love, I don't necessarily, it's not what I want to do with my night, but like, if you're doing that, then I'm doing it with you. Kind right. Of and even with like, when this movie was first coming out too, like it's already established in the trailer that Pearl is going to be the antagonist. Like you already yeah. know going into the movie that you're going to have this old lady m attempting to murder all of these people but you don't know about Howard until you actually watch the movie. And I will say mm -hmm. I was in the same spot first time through. It's like I wasn't sure whether or not he was enemy or ally cuz although he's not very likable in a lot of places, there's not a ton to say that he's going to end up being one of the antagonists as well. Like it's not until you see him actively start participating that you realize, "Oh mm -hmm. shit, they're both in on this. This isn't just Pearl, um, which I think was, that was a smart choice. I think yeah. the movie would have been compelling if we were just watching Pearl go through and have her versus the group. But I think having her have assistance ups the stakes a little bit because now it's like twice the firepower. And yeah. there's just something very honestly compelling about watching these two old people take down all these youngsters. I think that that fucking dynamic is so wild to me and so different and fresh and I do and I do really enjoy that this movie focuses on that mm -hmm. because like when you watch the trailer and you see Pearl you're like how is this non-supernatural old lady the main an antagonist like how does that work? Um, mm -hmm. and you only think that until you see her start doing things and you realize, oh shit, 
She's just batshit crazy. Okay, bet. Yeah, and this goes back. I've mentioned this before. I think I've mentioned it when we've had situations with like kids that were killers in the movies or what have you. And I can see how this element would be something that people might dislike about the film, about these being our villains. Because in a sense, it is ridiculous. But then at the same time, I think in this movie, what they did well is that once again, we have antagonists who fall into a particular group of people where I think our our main characters see them and, are, and immediately write them off. They're yeah. old. They're confused. They, yes, they have a gun, but okay, it's not real. They don't use it. And there's just all of these elements that I think they are, are just immediately like, oh, yeah, I'm not worried about them. I'm just more worried. I just want to, you know, go, we're going to go and get our stuff done and then leave. And it is what it is. And so one and so then we work on the element of surprise for mm -hmm. many of the kills is the element of them feeding into that idea of they know how these people think about them they know that these people are going to assume that they're harmless and also too it kind of plays into this idea of i think aging is um like a huge element of this film and the idea of like the fear of getting older yeah and a lot of our younger characters you can tell on the way that they they approach it's like a it's like a right down the middle but for some of them they almost don't even really want to like look at the look at Harold and Pearl i think that's what like that's how rj gets taken out it's like he barely even wants to look at pearl he's like mm -hmm. so obviously grossed out understandably so because she's like being very inappropriate towards him. She is licking my man's cheek. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So understandably, he's like, oh, my God, I want to get out of this situation. But I do think that we do still see that with some of our other characters who are a little bit weirded out by them. Mm -hmm. And then also we have the other characters who like I think that um, Bobby Lynn falls into that that kind of uh the people who are like oh do you need help like yeah oh you <laughs> let's get you to bed and yeah. and either think oh i just don't even want to be around this old person mm -hmm. or this old person specifically needs my help because they're old so i'm going to like over over help them yeah like you make all these assumptions about them because of their appearance and their age mm -hmm. um and we can see, uh, especially with the um, idea of this prequel happening too, like we see that that's a huge factor in, I think, setting Pearl off is mm -hmm. the way that people view her and like knowing that she she knows that she was just like them. Like she had that same energy. She had that same will. She knows the kind of stuff that they're doing. And she's like, yes, that that's the world that I that I also wanted to belong to back when I was your age. And like, I think the way that they treat her and the way that they view her, I think despite the fact that we find out later on that this isn't the first time they've done this, I think that is a huge pushing fact or motivating factor into why um, she feels this animosity towards some of them. Like, especially we see that in her confrontation with Bobby Lynn, like when it's the two of them, mm -hmm. like you can see that there's a lot of resentment 
between the two of those characters and they've barely even spoken. Like, right. I don't even think they, they did speak no. un up until that moment. Oh my goodness. Ma'am! Ma'am! Be careful! Step away from the edge! It's dangerous! It's alright. Here, here. You're safe now. I don't see anything. My Nana gets confused sometimes as well. I learned all about it. Believe it or not, I even thought about becoming a nurse one day. So, okay, why don't you come with me? Oh! What the hell did you do that for? I don't need a nurse. Why should you get to have it all? What have you ever done except be a whore? Okay. You know what? You don't want my help? No problem. I was just trying to be nice. You don't deserve to be able to just flaunt it in my face like you do. It ain't my fault you didn't live the life you wanted. Now move out of the way, please. That was our first interaction besides Pearl running naked <laughs> in the hallway. <laughs> that was the first time that they had really seen each other because up to that point, the only person who had had any interactions with Pearl was Maxine. Mm -hmm. And as far as they knew. And so, yeah. yeah, that was the first other conversation that she had had because everyone to them, they knew that he had a wife, but they also knew that the wife wasn't supposed to know that they were there. So everybody kind of like keeps to the cab, not the cabin. It's like a yeah, Ooh, yeah it's, it's cabin esque. We, we could call it a cabin. I a think country it's cabin. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I just think it's a huge. There's a huge, obviously for Pearl, and I think that a lot of people have this feeling of, especially when, you don't think about it, I think, that much when you're young. And when yeah. everybody's telling you, oh, you have so much time, you can do this, you can do that, you can be successful, you can do whatever you want. You have that time and and you're you're young, you know, and you're beautiful, have fun, do this, do that. And then it's obvious that that's how it was for Pearl. She was beautiful. She was young. She was talented. She could have been successful. And now she's at a point in her life where she never got any of those things that everybody told her she should have gotten. And mm -hmm. now nobody. So now she's past that point. She yeah. has gone far past where she should have been in her mind where she should have been in her life the peak yeah. of her life she never reached it and now it's far in the past and she misses that she like yearns for that she now is like a prisoner in this body that she doesn't even like she doesn't recognize she doesn't want to be in there's nothing that she can do about that and then she sees all of these people these young people who are still in the best part of her life. The, uh, the the moment that she wished she could live again, she sees them and it to her, it feels like they're flaunting that mm -hmm. they're just being, they're just living, they're walking, they're yeah. talking, they're breathing. But to her, it feels like they're flaunting this youth and, and using it in a way that isn't fair. Yeah. And, I'm, and also too, there's this idea that because they're there to shoot porn and mm -hmm. so they're very sexually free and even in the 70s i mean it was like a, a sexual awakening for a lot of people it was very very 
you know, people were just going through that time where I think they were getting a little more open with sexuality and and, mm-hmm. and doing things and being a little bit more open about that. And so um, I think for her, a person who so obviously like craves intimacy and touch and being told that she is wanted Mm-hmm. She is now also married to someone that it's clear that she loves, but he is also now in a space where he can no longer give her the things that she needs to feel beautiful. He can't be intimate with her because he's literally like, I will, bitch, I'll die. Like, yeah. my heart, <laughs> I would love to, like, have sex with you, but my heart <laughs> may actually stop. And so, she can't get that anymore. She can't yeah. have like he could he she needs someone to consistently let her know that she is special and he can't do that for her anymore. And I'm sure that it's very frustrating to her as a character to want to be intimate with this person that she loves so much and then he, she sees that these young people are just having sex willy-nilly. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. Oh, yeah, whatever. I'll have sex with it. Yeah, we're going to shoot the scene and I have to have sex with this guy and then I'll go back to my boyfriend tonight. And I'm sure to her that's like, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And it's annoying that you guys are just kind of acting like it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of the main conflict of this movie is the fact that Pearl is mad horny. Ain't nobody around to give her none. And every time that she attempts to make a move on somebody, regardless of how creepy her game is, uh, everybody is basically disgusted by her. And that leads her down this murderous route. And it's like, damn, damn, right. The the hormone, (laughs) the hormones when you older must must hit different because I mean, to be fair, who knows how long it's been since um, Howard's heart condition has been this way. So like, she may this may have been something that she's been suffering um or that they have been dealing with for a while at this point so yeah i'm sure that seeing all this sex is it's got to be a huge trigger for her um but even with uh i remember hearing ty west talk in an interview about how he had always planned for maxine and pearl to be the same actor or actress because of the similarities between those characters. Mm -hmm. And we see in Maxine this insatiable drive to be famous, to be known, to be a fucking sex symbol, as she puts it. And if we're to believe then that these two characters share similar ideals, Pearl is just the version of Maxine that never got that. That, yeah. ne- that had that same level of drive, that same level of chutzpah, that uh, that, 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 that X factor, yeah. as Wayne likes to call it, that for her, it's got to be maddening that she never got what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Also, too, I think going off of um, this idea, because I, I mean, this movie is called X, uh, presumably because the porn movies and would have gotten an x rating um in the 70s and so i think that ties into that but also i could i i think it could possibly also tie into this idea of the x factor that they keep instilling 
into Maxine and it seems was also instilled into Pearl and this idea of being special and how you have that certain something that's going to get you to mass stardom. And I think that's a huge part of their characters is this feel this overwhelming sensation of having this something so different and special about you that you have this like gnawing need to achieve success by any means possible. I do think that can be dangerous because although it's so important to let people know, compliment people and make people feel special, I think when that, when you tie what makes them special it's into something about them that is fleeting. It's a lot of pressure to put on someone. And it also makes them feel like, oh, well, if I'm special because I'm beautiful, I, I have a limited amount of time to use that. And once I lose that, I am no longer special. And if I didn't achieve that something great, that is my fault because I already had this thing that made it so easy for me to achieve it and I didn't. It's just this like huge amount of pressure and I think that it becomes detrimental to Pearl's mental state and you will hope that Maxine does not end up the same way if she doesn't achieve what she wants to achieve. And then I think when you get into the relationship between Pearl and Maxine that for Pearl, like she looks and when you see someone who looks so much like you did and who is also special to, in your opinion, is special and, and probably you think, oh man, I wish I could have the chance that you had again. And then you see her doing things that you wish you could do and... I'm sure that feels like shit because you're like, oh, I would I'm never gonna have that that moment in time. I'm that that's never gonna be me again. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's frustrating to also then maybe try and find some solace in that person. And yeah, that person doesn't really want anything to do with you. Because yeah. although Maxine is friendly to Pearl, she is also very obviously, and this is before Pearl like is spooning her, when they just have her, <laughs> when they're just having lemonade, <laughs> although she is friendly to her, she is also clearly uncomfortable and unsure of why she's been invited in, what mm-hmm. they're doing, because a lot of it is just Pearl, for the most part, like staring at her and and then trying to like caress her and and do these things that clearly make Maxine feel very very uncomfortable yeah and so it's like each of their perspectives I think they just don't understand the other person Mm -hmm. and I think particularly for Pearl that's just another aspect that pisses her off because you can see she's like clinging to Maxine so obviously obsessed with her and trying to get close to her and all Maxine wants to do is get as far away from her as possible Mm -hmm. yeah and a slight slight sidebar here but um I had not been familiar with Mia Goth because I haven't seen Suspiria Mm -hmm. um so 
imagine my surprise when I'm watching interviews with the cast and she busts out in a full on British accent. Mm -hmm. I lost my shit. Absolutely (laughs) lost my shit because Mm -hmm. I had no clue that she was not American. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not even the slightest clue. Mm hmm. You got to know those A24 stars. <laughs> highly. You got to doubt that they're from America at one got, point. You got to got, you got to question that shit. But I, I just think that it's very impressive to like mm-hmm. not only mask it that well, but then to manage to do that for two separate characters, I just think is like mm-hmm. um, big praise in that regard. And, and also praise to the movie for being able to to do so many shots that include both of those characters. Like, yeah, I do know at this point in, I think movie making, we do have the technology to do that a bit easier, but I still, it's still a testament to the movie that these two characters interact with each other so much when they're being played by the same actress. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they have the longest interactions that, Pearl has or with Maxine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're they're together quite often. And I do wonder, now I will say the old people makeup is a bit much for me. I wonder if that's purposeful because mm-hmm. they're trying to portray that the way that it feels when you're old and how you know yeah. and how and how different they are from our younger crew like i wonder if they very uh like really played them up and and put it put it on I, there i wonder t- i wonder that too cuz it feels more just like the essence of being very old rather than being like a realistic old person especially for right. like some of the um makeup designs i think on pearl is like it really seems like they're emphasizing a lot of these different aspects of age Okay. Yeah, I think that as well. Because I definitely think more so for her than for him. Because mm-hmm. his is also makeup too. Yeah. Um, but more so for her, it's a lot heavier seeming. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like, I assume that's because we're really meant to feel her age. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that it's obviously so different. Because I think by having mia goth be both of them when they are next to each other it's this juxtaposition of like that was me like you how you look now girl i was just as fine i swear to you yes you this is your future this will uh, hello like (laughs) (laughs) i'll see you in 60 years or what have you but yeah i think that's why because i do definitely think when they're standing next to each other, it, it is interesting to see mm-hmm. the differences. Um, other things that I like, I love that this movie takes place over 24 hours. I think that is great yes. for the stakes, um, mm-hmm. keeping it all confined within a single day. That um, two thumbs up for me for that. Dude, I also really like the brutality in this movie. This mm-hmm. movie is brutal. And a lot of the brutality... Uh, just the way that the effect design is, it seems very real, very A24 in that regard. When you watch A24 movies, you know when some gruesome shit happens, it's gonna be like pretty one to one with life sometimes, and it's uh difficult to look at. But mm-hmm. the the kills and like the way that they happened in this movie, I was a fan. Yeah, I like, I like all the kills. I. I do wish, this is a weird thing to say, (laughs) but 
I did want to see Jackson. I wanted to see a cooler death just because I wanted to see Kid Cudi like be able to act through that and through do all death, that yeah. and have because because in comparison Jackson's death is probably the one that you don't really see that much of yeah. just because it's so quick. It yeah. happens so quickly and then we're kind of left in, in comparison to the brutality that particularly the men get in this film. Mm -hmm. I was thinking we would get something similar, but then at the same time, there's there's that difference because like I said, Harold is doing this for Pearl. So Pearl's way of killing is much more in like of an angry and frustrated way of killing because she's letting that those feelings out she's yeah. so much more aggressive than harold who's like let's just get rid of him like let's just kill them let's yeah. do this let's get it done let's figure it out let's go through these people and call it a night yeah. whereas for her it's like a release so she really gets in there the only time that harold gets that way is really when he breaks um janine's when he breaks, or Lorraine, Lorraine, <laughs> when he breaks Lorraine's fingers, I think yeah. that's like the most intense that he gets. But also at the same time, that's just to stop her, not necessarily yeah. because he's wanting to kill her or anything. He's just trying to hurt her. Yeah, more of a means to an end in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you for sure. Um, also, shout out to fucking Kid Cudi with the acting chops. I, I thought... He slayed that role. I think he did a great job. I was, I said earlier to Anthony, I was like, if I didn't know that was Kid Cudi, I wouldn't have known that was Kid Cudi Truly. in a good way. In a Truly. good way. Yeah. Because I think that's the thing sometimes with when you take people who aren't actors or that's what not what they're known for and you put them into an acting role is you run the risk of people saying, I didn't see the character I saw, insert person's name. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever feel that way with with him. Like mm -hmm. I, I honestly didn't. I knew it was him because I saw the name and right. I and I knew that going in. But yeah, I thought he did a good job. Um, I, <laughs> I tried to. I was like, it was more. He partook in much of the sex <laughs> within yeah. the film. Was a lot of what he was doing. But I also really liked from him like waking up and going to help Harold. I thought that sequence was really great. I thought he did a really good job there. And I also really liked his relationship with Bobby. Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn. I keep wanting to call her Bobby Jean. <laughs> yeah, with Bobby Lynn. I also liked their relationship. Yeah. I also think Brittany Snow. I really like Brittany Snow. And it was really cool to see her doing this part because it's different than anything that I've ever seen her in. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was awesome. Yeah, she she slayed. Honestly, the entire cast you probably heard that from me before. But seriously, the entire cast really put their A game on for mm -hmm. this one because i think everybody slayed their roles uh britney in particular she, her character like every scene she was in she kind of stole because like you were <laughs> kind like your eyes were just fixated on her and she was just such a um commanding character and yeah. it was just a joy to like watch her work um i also heard her say in an interview as well that one of the things that she really enjoyed about the script is how the women really led a lot of the plot in terms of moving the story mm -hmm. along, which I think is very true. 
Um, yeah. And then I also, I really like that conversation about um, sex positivity that they have uh, later mm-hmm. on, like after they're, they're done shooting everything. I thought that, that that conversation and this idea of like people's perceptions over like overtly sexual people and like what that means and whatnot i think that they made some really good points and established some really great uh um dialogue there and Mm -hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't a conversation that i necessarily knew that was going to be in the movie but i think that they handled well and incorporated very well yeah i i agree with that i also like what they did with the idea of them filming this porn because I like that everybody who was there legitimately wanted to be there and was like excited to do this. It didn't ever feel like anybody was like being forced to do it or anything like that. It was like a group of people who all were like, yeah, I want to do this because I want to. Like, yeah, I want to do it because it's not a big deal to me. And and this could be, you know, and this might potentially open more doors for me to do more movies. And if I do more porn, that's fine. I want to do more porn because I like sex and that's cool like i liked that feeling and even for rj i like that he was into it because he was just excited to maybe be able to edit it and have it be you know a little bit more stylistic than than what had been coming out at at that time and even lorraine's character i i liked what they did with her i like that she started off much more tentative about it obviously very unfamiliar with it and then by meeting these people and being there and seeing it in the process she was like i want to try this like i i'm into it but it was her decision like she wanted to try it nobody asked her to wayne wasn't trying to or anything like that nope yeah it wasn't one of those things where it's like we should put you in our movie she was the one who was like can you guys fit me in this because that'd be cool i did like though too how it was like that switch because in the beginning Mm -hmm. rj is the one who's like it's a movie it's it is what it is this isn't real they can do what they want it's not that big of a deal don't be such a prude yeah and then when she wanted to do it and it was his girlfriend then it was different he exactly felt he was almost very He's being um, hypocritical in that sense. In that sense, it's like one of those things where he was being demeaning in the way that he started to talk about it because then he started to make it seem like it was gross and it was bad. Yeah. And, and, and girls that did that weren't good girls or weren't yeah. nice girls. They were they were whores and that that was not a good thing. Yeah. And if that's the way that obviously, you know, that's fine if that's not something that he was comfortable with his girlfriend doing. They obviously just had like a opposing views on it and they mm-hmm. probably just should have fucking broken up because they didn't agree on that type of a thing. But he was being hypocritical and critical in that moment to because he should have just said, I don't want it makes me uncomfortable that you're doing it. Yeah. But instead, he was trying to twist the the narrative all of a sudden to make her feel like it was the worst thing that she yeah. could have done. Like, I don't fault him, uh, like, RJ's character for feeling the way that he felt, but mm-hmm. his argument for why she couldn't do it was completely hypocritical. It was and faulty. I, yeah. And I, I thought it was really funny how when he goes out and has that conversation with Wayne, how 
Wayne has to check him about mm-hmm. how he's like talking about the women and like their want to do this stuff. And it's like, it's wild to me that you could be in a one-on-one scene with Wayne and look like the dirt bag. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. my guy. That's yeah. how you know you fucking up. You gotta back me up in here, Wayne. I mean, this situation is fixing to get out of control. It is awfully close. Relax. Hey, what does the day say? Life imitates art? It's the other way around. Well, whatever, it don't matter. But you need to listen to me, okay? Because you ain't been 42, and I have been 23. And I'm gonna explain something to you about young women. Now, if she's serious, which I suspect she is, well, she's gonna do it whether you like it or not. Now, you try to stop her. Not only is she gonna do it, she's gonna go on to do it with God knows how many people and God knows how many other films, and nobody wants that. The way I see it, you only got one good option here. What, letting her get bald by some man whore? Come on now, Jackson is a professional. He ain't got no diseases or nothing. You just want more sex in the movie. That ain't me, all she wants it. You heard her? Heck, look, if she does great, she gets famous, maybe she'll take you with her. Wayne, you don't get it. Lorraine is not like the others in there. She is a nice girl. I beg your pardon? No, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, I hate to be the one to tell you this. But ain't none of them nice girls. Yeah, because you're sitting in here smiling and all judgmental and all this well you're like you've smiled in our faces this whole time told us we were making movie magic and and then now that your girlfriend wants to do it now this is sinful and something to be ashamed of and you you think it's really bad and yeah like i said i don't fault him for being uncomfortable with it it probably was a pretty big shock to him that that was something that she wanted to do and if that was the case he should have yeah. been like, we probably shouldn't be together because I, I, it's not something I would ever want my, and that's totally fine. Like, I don't, I don't, it's not something I want my girlfriend to do. So if that, but if you want to do it, you do it. But like, yeah, it was just a whole, that I liked, I liked that character choices for them though. And I also like that she wasn't ashamed of it after it happened. She does mm-hmm. have that moment later where she's like, ups, she yells at Maxine, yeah. but I mean, also her fucking hand had just gone broken and she was about to <laughs> die. Shit at yeah. that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of slipping into the like ladder, ladder section of this movie. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Before we go into that, before we leave yes. the scene, I did just want to say that Bobby Lynn and Jackson are that couple who just like put a halt to a party because they just fucking pull out a guitar <laughs> pull out a goddamn guitar. and decide to sing. And it's like, nobody else can listen to the music they want to listen to. I hope you <laughs> like landslide. <laughs> like, it was the way that he said, you ready? I was you like, ready? was this planned? Y'all this? <laughs> yeah. You mean, are you ready? I thought we were hanging out. Like I thought we were having a good time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like that song being in the context of that part of the film. It was just yeah, funny to me how he pulled the guitar out of nowhere <laughs> and said, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, so moving into the latter half of this movie, basically the nighttime once everybody starts dying. Uh, did you have like a particular favorite death or like sequence once we got into the nighttime area? Yeah. So although Wayne's 
death wasn't his sequence like wasn't my favorite i honestly felt like his sequence was probably the most convoluted because i just thought it was kind of weird that he assumed rj was in the barn and just kept walking in and talking even though he had no reason to think that he was in the barn like that whole part i think out of everybody else because everybody else to me i understood why they went out you know, where they were going, why they ended up where they were. Mm-hmm. His, although I understood why he was out and about, I don't understand why he would continue to go further into the barn. Yeah. However, his actual death of being impaled in his head, my favorite, that's one of my favorite um, like cut moments because there's like the part where Lorraine like turns the light on mm-hmm. and then when she but when she pulls the switch it cuts back and then the thing gets pulled out of pulled his, out of his or his put head. it's either put in or pulled out no, i think, I think, she it, does I think it's like pulled out because okay. i think it gets skewered first and then when we cut we back cut to him again mm-hmm. it gets pulled out and i love it's a small detail sounds gross but i love that there's a little eyeball sitting next to him like afterward like if you look closely once she pulls the pitchfork out his body's laying there you can see his eyeball just like right uh, on the side that's attention something. to detail yeah. baby unfortunately that is something that got lost to the darkness for me but when <laughs> i go back <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it i'll keep an eye out for it but also when he steps on the nail too that effect is pretty damn good because like when his foot goes down you can kind of see the nail like coming pop out through the, the skin yeah mm-hmm. yeah good. It's not it's not too bad. I will say nothing will ever beat that nail moment in a quiet place for me. Nuh-uh. But this one wasn't too bad. This one wasn't too shabby. Um Bobby Lynn's death is probably <laughs> my favorite. Just because of how quickly it how just like the quickness with which that gator just is right there. He'd been waiting. Mm-hmm. He's been wait he was like I know somebody's about to fall into this water. Right <laughs> I'm gonna just wait and and I. But I even st- I also like though the the conversation that they had leading up to it. I thought mm-hmm. was was nice. I did kind of. That was another one though where I did kind of. I was a little bit questioning why she couldn't just go around Pearl and had to. And she was like, "Get out of my way." I was like, "Girl, just." Just walk, past. just walk past her. It ain't yeah. even that big of a deal. But the death when, was so w- worth it. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those when keeping it real goes wrong moments. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, what I love about the gator is how it gets set up so mm-hmm. many times throughout the movie for that payoff to be as quick as it is. Because I remember when that first happened, I was shook because I was like, "Where the fuck did this gator come from?" But then I. <laughs> But I thought about it as like we have at least like two or three scenes with this gator mm-hmm. not getting people. It's present, but it hasn't yeah. bit anybody. And so it's like it, uh, like all the other different foreshadowing moments. It's this gator's here for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's going to do something. And yeah. I think that by the time we get to the moment where the gator is going to be used, so much has happened you're thinking about so much that you just forget that the fucking gator is there Mm -hmm. until she's in the water (laughs) yeah we'll see 
I knew the gate. I knew as soon as they were by the water, I was like, it's going to be the gator that that kills. I just didn't think it was going to happen that quick. I thought it would be like a little bit more dramatic, but Mm -hmm. it was very realistic in the sense of she was in the water. She went to say something. And then all of a sudden the gator was just like rolling her, (laughs) was like rolling her around. It was the quickness of what it happened that took me by surprise. True. Because I knew he was coming. I just didn't think he was going to be right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also, again, attention to detail shit. That is how gators kill things, which a lot of times, yeah, the death roll. A lot of times you just get characters in no shame to the other gator movies, but people just get chomped by the teeth and that's it. But Mm -hmm. they paid attention to that detail of like, this is what that death roll. This is what an actual Mm -hmm. gator would do. And yeah. I appreciate that. It's the little thing. Also, this was like a regular gator and not like a um like mega, acid, mega gator. Yeah, like <laughs> like toxic waste gator that <laughs> can <laughs> swallow you whole in a ten, single bite. Yeah, ten sizes, but it was also half pterodactyl. Just a regular one. So it was like, I'll kill her. I'll kill her the old school way. But yeah, <laughs> I I think I think out of everybody, that was my favorite death. Although RJ's is RJ's is a good death to start with because of its brutality and just yeah. I think it really it, introduces you to how gruesome things are about to get. Yeah, it, it really sets that up. And I think I've seen because I, I I had to rewind it again to get some specifics. I've seen that scene now a couple of times and it doesn't get easier to watch <laughs> any any of those times. Like it is brutal and she goes off. Mm-hmm. on my man's neck it is gone by the time she is done with him yeah it is and it's just so it because he doesn't die right away i think which is different than our characters to follow who die basically on impact mm-hmm. rj is one character who kind of survives and so his death is drawn out longer because she like keeps going until she kills him and then even a little bit past then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also too, this is our first switch from knowing Pearl as we had previously seen her and now being able to see how violent she can get. But then there's also something very strange about the calmness that she has because she's kind of getting off on it let's be real like she this is like this is a replacement for sex she can't she can't get laid so you know what she's laying people to rest right now that is that's her mo i hate that i thought this i hate that i thought (laughs) this but when she started straddling him Mm -hmm. i did wonder i was like is she about to ride him right now oh Oh, I got God. scared. I got scared. I got worried. <laughs> I was thankful that she just kept killing. That sounded weird, but like I was, I was happy. <laughs> I, like, I was happy that she just continued with the kill, and because I was like, yeah, because she. This is the probably the scene where we see her get the most kind of pleasure from it, and just the way that she moves, and like the way the like noises that she's making you can tell that she's really into it and so i was just not quite sure especially because this is also the only character besides maxine that she comes on to and mm-hmm. is legitimately like trying to proposition for sex and because we had started that way i didn't know where we were going i got right. 
worried. But <laughs> it ended up okay. I don't know that I needed her to dance. Like, that wasn't my favorite moment of the movie. I almost feel like that could have been cut and it wouldn't have made a difference for me. But I do love the shot from inside the car after everything's happened and the blood's on the headlights and she's washed and red and she looks through the mm -hmm. windshield. She looks nuts. And I think that scene or that shot is like a fantastic shot. Put it on a poster. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I get I get what they're doing with the dance thing. Yeah. I just thought it was like a little bit too far for me. Like I was I, like, I, I get it. Yeah, I hear you. I, I liked it, but um, hearing you say that, I do think I probably could have done without it and I wouldn't have missed it. But mm -hmm. uh, in the moment, I did enjoy it. Um, something that I didn't enjoy and my entire <laughs> audience also didn't enjoy um, was the was the sexy Pearl Howard time. sex scene. Bruh. <laughs> the sexy time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'll yeah. give them kudos because they was getting it. And, and Howard, you was putting in the work. I see you. You was if that, that was the last time you was getting some, you know what? You went out with a bang, my guy, for real, for real. But God, did I not want to watch that. <laughs> I mean, the thing about I love the way that it was shot because I, I love how Maxine, of course, is under the the one bed that they designed to have sex in. But it's cool seeing her like feet stick out and seeing her kind of like trying mm -hmm. to work her way out of the room from up above. I think that in that circumstance of everything that had happened, I wouldn't have wanted to see a sex scene there anyway. <laughs> Just because, right. like, with everything that had happened, <laughs> say that that was, I don't know, anybody, <laughs> anybody doing that just then, it would have been weird, but it was, it was, it was, it was, it was the was, fuck me Howard for me. It was that. the fuck me Howard. It was the fuck me Howard with the legs in the air. <laughs> that did get to me it was the bed scraping the floor it was the howard still wearing his wife beater <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot and i i you know what i'm happy for her <laughs> wait okay well, <laughs> well like i'm not happy for her because she's killed all these people but you uh -huh. know it, it's it's interesting because after they have sex, she changes. Yeah, when there's, they a, get, there's a change. When there's an actual yeah. tangible change. When we get back to the house and he makes this remark. Oh, after he kills Lorraine and he makes that remark, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, well, we didn't need her anymore because like now we have each other. It's very clear that this is what she has wanted is for them to get their intimacy back. And so now it almost seems like for her, she is ha is content with knowing that Howard still finds her attractive, still wants to have sex with her, and apparently can still rock can her still world. Throw down. Can still give it to her in that good, good way. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. Like, I don't need these other people. And so you, there is almost this feeling of this is what 
we have been leaning up to. This is what has mm-hmm. been important. This was the missing piece. Yeah. Was oh, this most definitely. Good, 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 good love making. <laughs> old, old, old people love making. Yeah. And it's, it was, uh, I, like jokes aside, it was a very good scene um, in the grand scope of things. And especially like for a movie based on making a porn movie, there's a lot of sex, but like not a stupid amount of sex. But for the amount of sex scenes that we'd gotten, it only makes sense that we get these two characters having sex mm-hmm. because we we've, we've tiptoed on the idea the entire movie. There are multiple times it'll be mid porno scene and then we'll jump back to the old couple. So like. The natural conclusion to that arc is that we're gonna we're gonna watch them fuck at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that that makes a tangible shift in their characters. And then, God, I absolutely love how the old couple get taken down. It is yeah. my favorite thing, mm-hmm. and I loved it both times watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, because it plays into well, going off of to the sex scene i think that there also too is something to be said because i do think that you're wanting to get the reaction from the audience that is represented in this film is that you know old is not desirable and not going to be if like voyeured and viewed in the same way as a sex scene between two twenty somethings and mm-hmm. how it's just such a different juxtap it's so different and how the reaction to that is going to be different. It just inherently yeah, even is. it's so natural. Like old people fuck too. Like that yeah. I think that's the big old point here. But uh yeah it's still it does invoke that reaction yeah. from a lot of people. So that's great. But then yes, it's also like the things that take our couple out are things that could just happen when you get older this is another thing too where they've these are things that both of them have been alluding to harold has mentioned many times that his heart is not strong anymore it's it's weak and and that's an issue and then he has mentioned many times that pearl's hip is could be broken she could slip and fall and break her hip it's like a thing that he has used throughout as a as an excuse for wanting to go look for her and those are the exact things that kill them as mm-hmm. like lorraine's like death rattle or death gurgle spooks him <laughs> and <laughs> man has so a heart attack man this man is a okay with committing murder, but the lightest spook takes him out. Yeah. The irony there was just too good. But that's what I mean is I really just think that Harold is just he's about it because he needs to be about it, but he's not really about it. And I think that's he's never had to experience. He's probably always just shot people and they've been dead. So I don't think mm-hmm. he's ever had to experience the possibility of maybe someone like surviving that, which she didn't. She just was like choking. It was like the last bit of air being exhaled yeah. out of her mouth and gurgled the blood. But man, <laughs> that shot him back. He was, yeah, <laughs> that heart. And also too, probably didn't help that he had just been jackrabbiting yeah. like 10 minutes prior. Exactly. So like just that writing there um, and leading up to that moment makes it feel for how silly it is. It feels natural because of the events that have led up to it. Mm-hmm. And then there was just some, there was just some level of, yo, this shit is funny when 
when Pearl shoots that shotgun mm-hmm. and just fucking flies out Boy, of that door. She gets <laughs> yanked. Well, because that she gets some LeBron airtime out of that fucking door frame. It's very obvious that she has never used this gun because she's not prepared for the kickback it's just not a weapon (laughs) that she has needed to use she's very uh she's like a more hands-on killer it seems so yeah that thing just zooted her all the way back and she (laughs) yeah she lands and and breaks her hip and then it's so interesting how another element of her character it's like she is she goes between these moments of just like melancholy and being really forlorn and then these aggressive moments. But then there's also this like moment in between of it just seems like of a person who just like so, so in dire need of like love and and affection and like reaching out to somebody. And so it's so strange to see her. I think that's maybe the least we get to see of her with other people. And so it's so strange to see her in these moments, like when Harold has his heart attack and she asks Maxine to help him, like that we need to help him because he's, he's dying. And then even when she breaks her hip, her first thing is she asks Maxine if she'll help her. And it's like, we are so far past that right now. Of, of course, but she but she's clinging to life, you yeah. know, and like several different layers in several different ways. But like that still exists within her. And like, yeah, she's the main antagonist. But I agree with you. There's that level of like sadness that you feel towards her because you're just like, damn, you are truly just a product of how your life mm-hmm. went for you, aren't you? And yeah, so although I was laughing my ass off <laughs> when she when she fell and broke her hip. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. There's a little, there's a level of sadness there. Um, but Maxine <laughs> did not give a fuck. What, what oh, happened? no. I just thought when you said you were laughing your ass off, it made me think back to that earlier scene of Jackson when he answered the door for Harold and they pan out and his dick <laughs> is just dangling like dangling. down by his knees, bro. <laughs> it's crazy. And he's just standing there like, because I thought, I was like, did he answer the door naked? And then, yeah, we kind of like pull out for a shot and you can see his you can see it hanging Look, I down. A, but... I now have a clear mental image of what Kid Cudi's butt looks like, and I don't know if I should be upset or thankful for that. But you see a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, lots of butt, lots of butt lot for of him butt. because you know it's just you get a lot of of male butt usually in movies that have a lot of nudity. Every once in a while, you will get full frontal, and we do in this movie, not with him, but with a dead character who has mm-hmm. been strewn up in their basement, which is also a great reveal when yeah. when she's down in the basement and you yeah, see... Yeah, because that's the like that's the poster scream. And Jenna Ortega, that... Whoo. She's got a great scream. She is a scream queen. And, and truly. she truly does deserve that title because she has a great scream. She has a very emotional scream like yeah her fate like her like the terror like you can see the terror just wash yes. over her in that moment she, it's incredible she does a great job of portraying fear in her eyes while screaming and you mm-hmm. can see everything is just like written on her face and then she also has a great just like guttural scream that mm-hmm. 
ah, chef keys. <laughs> but um, yeah, which is also we see that guy's face on the milk carton. He is yeah. miss. He's so, been missing. He's been missing. But um, but yeah, Maxine but yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, Ma- Ma- Maxine don't give a fuck. She she runs Pearl's head clean off. Squashes it. Squashes it. Doesn't even bat an eyelash with it. And what what I love about that the second time through, and now knowing that uh, Pearl and Maxine are supposed to basically be the <laughs> same character, is that it makes so much sense mm-hmm. because I fully imagine a young Pearl would do the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Like you see in that moment that she too has that same brutality that Pearl has within herself. So like when Pearl's saying the whole time is like, you and I are the same. We're the same person. And Maxie's like, nah, I'm different. It's like, no, you guys truly are the I mean, same. Yeah. It's survival though is, it's, is different. I think though, than, just murdering people because you you Fair. don't have a vibrator and your husband <laughs> might die. Um. Okay, you're, no, you're right, you're right. But I think it's just like that that don't give a fuck energy of yeah. it, I think is what I notice. And just like, granted, yes, this woman just murdered everybody that she went there with, <laughs> but um, she just, there was almost like a bit of like a sociopath to the way that she did it for me. Yeah, it was the way that she drove off and and kind of was just like i'm gonna right. i'm gonna move on Often. yeah like i'm gonna yep. have to move on they both have a it seems like a survivor mentality of like yeah i need to get past where i am now and they both just handle it in different ways because she's not coping super well either she's does cocaine and obviously has an addiction to it and and who knows what this will do to her mental state. But um, we do find out. Also, I love that part that I do love is after when she ducks. So Pearl misses and gets thrown out by the shotgun when the TV goes divine intervention. <laughs> divine intervention. <laughs> yes. So good. I was yeah. like, truly. <laughs> so good. And honestly, that whole that whole. Uh, motif too with the like preacher on the Mm -hmm. tv because we get that through the entire thing and then at the end it's revealed that maxine was the girl that has been missing from their congregation because they're talking about sex and porn and all this stuff is turning our children into sinners and like it took one of our congregation away from us at the beginning and then at the end you find out oh it was maxine yeah because she's the the preacher's daughter the pastor's daughter she's the preacher's daughter so it's I, I it was an, another fun attention to detail for me. Like I just love those things. I I love that um, we talk about it all the time. But that Chekhov's gun, man. Like I love seeing something at an early stage in the movie mm-hmm. and having it have a meaningful um, resolution at the end. Mm-hmm. I think that those just add so many layers to your film. Yeah. Well, and I think too at the end of it all, that just adds you completely understand why Maxine is the way that she is and why she has said the things that she has said throughout, why she's trying so hard to move forward and never be in the same position that she was in is because she was in a very obviously overtly religious stifling community and has done her best to break out of that and move forward and find her own success. And she never wants to go back to that. She never wants to go back to those people who are so close-minded. And I'm sure her father was like 
crazy. I mean, you know, he just seems. You can tell. Yeah, you can <laughs> tell that he is one of those religious people who is probably using that as an abuse of power. And you can mm -hmm. tell that that is something that she still holds within her mind. And that's why she surrounds. And so she's a, you know, broken out and is doing things that she enjoys and things that she wants to do. But you can also see why she has maybe thrown herself into some unhealthy habits. And mm -hmm. also, too, you see why she is so kind of aggressive and really dismissive of Lorraine for a majority of the movie because they even call Lorraine church mouse. And I feel mm -hmm. like Lorraine to her represents some people that she's probably known throughout her life. Right. And she doesn't like that. She doesn't want to be judged. She has worked so hard to get out of a judgy environment. And now she's facing this person who reminds her of the people that she's known. And that's why I feel like from the moment Lorraine is like, no, I like this. Like, I'm I like what I saw today. You can almost kind of see on Maxine's face that she's like. Oh, like, good. I that's good. Like, I like yeah. that. I'm glad that you enjoyed that because she even like helps her get ready. It feels like she's a little bit more accepting of her after that because she knows that she's not judging her she was yeah, just yeah. kind of like unaccustomed to the environment but yeah you can definitely see that doing her best to break free of a stifling environment and now you know why it's so important to her to become somebody be a star and mm -hmm. now we won't know what pearl's reasons are until the prequel come out but you assume i can assume that she also has reasons you know, that are going to really be these huge, a huge moment in her life that makes her feel like I have to get somewhere because I can't go back or I can't stay yeah. where I'm at. I Very agree. similar to Maxine's past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, that covers everything that I want to cover in regards to X. Yeah. I mean, for me as well, the last thing that I will say is I just... I really appreciate the setup of this movie. I don't know. Like, I like how it's just like, yeah, we're going out to film a porn. And here we are. These are our characters. This is what we're doing. And like, that's why we're here. And that's it. Like, I, yeah. I, I just like the simplicity of the foundation because the actual stuff that happens once they get there is pretty fucking complex. Like, there's a lot mm -hmm. going on. So I think having that more like simple backstory to get them there was like the best thing that they could have done and i also just like the characters i think that they like especially our main group i don't know i just like that they are the way that they are none of them are like super good none of them are super bad they are just what we Themselves, see and yeah. their big personalities and and i like that i i appreciated that very nice very nice but all right it's that time Mm -hmm. What are we going to rate this out of? Okay. Um, Hear me out. <laughs> Fuck me, Howards. I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> I mean, it's got to. It simply must be. <laughs> I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> yes, we got it. All right, Erica, you go first. How many fucking Howards are you giving X? <laughs> I am going to give X. 
I'm going to give it 4.2 fuck me Howards out of five. Solid. Okay. Yeah, this was a uh, this is a good movie. I liked it. I I like I said, the score, love it. Cinematography, love it. Um the all of the actors do awesome in this movie and I like the story. And I enjoyed that. I will say for me, and this potentially on a rewatch would be different because like I said, this is my first time watching it. I think on this first watch, I kind, there was a point there where it was like, okay, now this friend goes out and they get taken down and this friend goes out and they get taken down where I was a little bit wanting something more, but I didn't know what it was. Like, mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but there was a point where I was like, I wish there was an, a little bit of an extra element to this. Yeah. And I can't I, say what that is. I hear but you. It, I hear you. But yeah, it was like, there was something that I was like, if there was a little something to this, I feel like it would have elevated these moments for me. But as it stands, it's just like picking them off one by one, which is fine. But I think it could have been more with the story or more with our antagonists or or what have you so -hmm. that was the only thing and of course that's like the last 40 minutes of this movie so i maybe not that my attention wavered but it was just that last bit where i was like i think i liked the first half of this movie more than what some of the stuff that's going on now but other than that, I I enjoyed it. I do think I'm going to want to rewatch this one and see if that changes for me. But yeah, I think 4.2 fuck me Howards <laughs> out of five. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I think I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of five fuck me Howards. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy this movie. I enjoyed it, honestly, even more my second time through. Um, I love the way it's shot. Like you said, the characters, very um, engaging to watch. And I think everybody did a great job portraying them. Um, In regards to what you're saying about wanting a little bit more, I do kind of agree. Whereas like my experience of watching this movie is kind of a five, but it does feel like there's something missing somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. It's hard to kind of pinpoint where. I think you brought up a great point earlier with some of the characters making questionable decisions. I think Wayne is a great example of like putting themselves in harm's way as opposed to maybe like working together or maybe we're just missing a moment of the characters kind of figuring out what was happening a bit sooner. But regardless of all that, I still really enjoyed the watch um, both times through. And I'm personally very excited to watch the prequel because I want more of this story. I want more of this universe. I want and you know what? I want to see what young Pearl can do because as it stands (laughs) as an old lady, she can still throw down. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that she is a much deadlier threat when she's younger. And I cannot wait to see that. But for now. 4.5 out of 5 fuck me Howards. Well, that's it for our discussion on X. How many fuck me Howards would you guys give? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us on our social media. (laughs) (laughs) We are homies of horror on everything. 
Or if you would like to talk a little bit more in depth about this one, you can always slip into the Discord. We've got the link for that in our social media bios. That is where we hang out with the homies to chat about all things horror. And we can go a little bit more in depth with some of our discussions with you guys on there. So if that sounds like something that you would be interested in, please come through. Or you can email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, that means it's Monday. That means we are streaming on Twitch tonight. We will be playing some spooky games, having some drinks, and hanging out with the homies. If you guys would like to come and check that out, we'd love to have you. The link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. On Apple Podcasts, uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the better. It recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking. So if you have an account, you can do both through there. Or over on Spotify, if you go to our name, hit the stars underneath, it will leave a rating for us. And yeah, we would just be so happy if you guys would do that. But that is it for us this week. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. We hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and we will be coming at you again with some more spooky stuff next Monday. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.